Welcome back everyone to the third episode of the U of U COVID Sports Report. My name is Scott Stevens and I'm scheduled to be your host this week. So I'll be transitioning you through topics and interviews that we cover in this segment, as well as picking Leaf's brain about the story that he did this week. In the past two episodes, we've given a recap about how the University of Utah sports world was shut down, as well as player perspectives on what it's like to have football play in the fall, while other fall sports were not given the same luxury. The topic of discussion for this episode is all about the recruiting impacts that COVID-19 has had and what the process looks like now, what it will look like moving forward, and how this will all impact the University of Utah. To kick off this episode, let's go now to Chloe Sexton, who is able to catch up with high school athlete Jackson Dart. I'm here with high school athlete Jackson Dart, and as one of the top quarterback prospects in the nation, Jackson has had dozens of offers from colleges everywhere, and we wanted to get to know a little bit more about what the recruiting process has been like during COVID. So you've been playing out your senior year. How has COVID impacted your high school season, and what are some pros and cons? Yeah, so I think like the biggest thing that um, that was affected was just going into this year, you know, we didn't really know what was going to happen. And so we were shut down for a while. We couldn't really practice as a team, couldn't lift in the summer or in the spring. And we started late in the summer. So that was, that for sure um, was something that really affected our team because it had made us start slow. Um, we weren't able to have our team connections and, you know, just getting into the playbook on the offensive side and just getting our relationship with one another. So I think that was something that was really affected by it. Um, I would say some pros of it were probably just getting work on your own. A lot of us have personal coaches and trainers around. So for me, I was able to fly out to California a lot and get a lot of work with my quarterback trainers and kind of work on more stuff individually than as a team. So that was good. Just helping me getting ready for this season individually um, and then cons, just not really getting with the team as much as we w would want to. And, uh, yeah. Okay. And COVID has majorly impacted college sports, as we know. And I want to know more about what recruiting has been like during a pandemic. Because you were doing recruiting last year, correct? So you can kind of compare mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. So last year, we were able to, of course, visit schools because COVID wasn't around. Yeah. Um, now we're not able to do that. You can't have any visits. So everything's all virtual. It's just mostly on Zoom calls. Um, so it's affected the recruiting process a ton, especially with like kids like me who it, the recruiting processes come later. Mm -hmm. So previously at my old school, um, you know, I didn't have like a lot of, I wasn't talking to many schools. So I was, kind of just trying to get my name out there at the time and then how things have just come on lately. It's been really hard because usually with kids, the process comes early. So they're able to get out on visits and check out the campuses and check out um, the coaches and meet them in person, which is huge. Um, and then for me, like I said, it's all come late. So I've had to really just try to do everything on Zoom. Yeah. Do extra research on schools which is tough because yeah. you, you really don't want to make a decision blind without being there in person because you want to get that feel and get that vibe for the program and, and what it has to offer. But 
um, it's been, it's, it's, it's for sure gotten really hard during these times. Yeah. Was it scary? Um, you know, potentially committing to a school that you hadn't visited yet and you know, you're just doing it all remote. Were you a little hesitant about making a decision? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, you, of course you want to see teams play and with a lot of, a lot of schools, there's a lot of rotation in coaches. So coaches will be there for a short amount of time and leave. So many schools will have coaches that have just come onto their staff. And it seems like for most of the schools that are recruiting me, it's all come from the offensive side and um, with the quarterback position. So you kind of want to see how teams play and how they perform. And most of um, my college offers or however you want to say it has come from Pac-12 schools. Okay. And Pac-12 has always been, or they're late to playing games right now. So they'll actually be starting up this week. So for sure it's been hard because you want to, before you make a decision, you want to see how they play. And if you can picture yourself in that structure, in that environment and um, how they play in their play style. Yeah. And do you feel like schools are, I guess, recruiting high school athletes a little bit less this year because there's been, like maybe less, um, I don't know, I guess their players aren't playing right now. So right. like are, are their current players, are they getting another year of playing time? So does that affect maybe where you would be filling in a position? Um, so I actually don't know too much about that. I know okay. that for, so mostly schools would get 25 scholarships each year to give to incoming freshmen. Um, I don't really know like the scholarship numbers. I think it varies with, with each school. And then I think it's going to really affect the class next year. Um, I don't think it will affect my class as much. So I think like next year with, if seniors want to replay because they get an extra year of eligibility, cause this one doesn't count, like you said. Um, so they'll have more numbers and more guys. Got it. Okay. So you're talking about seniors in college getting another year of eligibility. Yep. Okay. That makes then, sense. Um, about your question about if recruiting has picked up because of college is not playing. Yeah. So I think that I would definitely say that it has kind of picked up with it because they, they all started later. So most of them had time to watch call or high schools play. And I think Utah benefited it the most than any other state because we were actually the first yeah actually play high school football so there were a lot more eyes on us and coaches really didn't know what was going to happen with their season so they were trying to you know watch as much high school game as games as they can and recruit kids because they had a lot more free time and they couldn't practice so corner canyon starting a little bit sooner was kind of a benefit yeah definitely okay and do you think that COVID will ultimately affect your chances of playing your freshman year in college? Or um, do you think that has no correlation? I, I, I don't really, I'm not really sure. Um, okay. I'm not super positive of what's going to happen with, um, you know, different restrictions or, you know, I think it will, it'll really just depend on the conference and what they decide to do. I, I think that it won't have, it won't, like there won't be any problem with me playing my freshman year at a college due to COVID. Um, you know, the vaccine's supposed to come out 
soon. So I know. We'll see what happens with that. So we'll see what happens with that. And you touch on this a little bit, but has COVID affected ultimately your college decision as an access to events, access to recruiters, et cetera? I think that the biggest thing that it has done with my, my decision is it's just prolonged it and it's made it so um, usually if, if I was able to get out on a visit and I was able to see, you know, the, pro, the program, their facilities, meet all the coaching staff, um, kind of try to make a relationship with the players and ask them questions about how their experience has been. And then of course, watch their game. Um, I think that that would have helped a ton, but not really able to do that right now. So I think mostly it's just prolonged it. Yeah. Me just trying to do as much individual research with my parents. Yeah. um, And trying to just make the best decision for me. So you've been talking to recruiters just all through zoom and on calls Uh and okay. That's probably really difficult. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's, I think a lot of kids don't really realize like they all want to be, you know, when I was, I was really hoping that this year would, would turn out the way that it, that it has been. And, um, I would kind of get my name out there and start talking to schools, but it's crazy how like just busy and, and, um, you know, consumes a lot of time because you'll have, like, let's say you have five colleges talking to you. You'll have like eight or nine coaches talking to you in a day. So it's like, it's just constant. And it's kind of, you're under a lot of heat because the coaches, they expect you to get back with them as, as fast as you, as you can. And so it, it's just, it's super busy. And if you don't mind sharing, how many schools roughly have you had offers from? Um, I think I'm around 13 or 14. That's um, I started with Ivy Leagues in, in Yale and Penn. And then I got BYU, so they're an independent. And then I, I got two Big 12 schools in Iowa State and TCU. And then I got Pac-12 schools that include um, Utah, UCLA, USC, Arizona State, Washington State. And then I got a Sun Belt offer from Louisiana. Okay. And you were drawn a little bit more to the Pac-12 schools? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, mostly just because it's closer to home. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to get out there and experience new things, kind of get out of Utah and see what else has to offer within, you know, but also just kind of just stay close to home. And yeah, easy for my parents to fly out to games or, you know, Absolutely. that stuff. And how has COVID affected your day-to-day life, knowing that your current season is contingent on the team remaining virus-free? So apply this to your high school. Yeah, so this has affected a lot um, with me and the rest of the team. So I think, as many people know, our school got shut down for a while. It was kind of just all over. Yeah. Kind of broke out with cases. Um, And I think that was like super eye awakening for the kids on the team because it was like, you know, kids would get it in in your class and you may not have it, but you get contact traced because, you know, you sit within six feet of them and you have to sit out for two weeks so a lot of kids are like crap like I don't want to miss any time so I think a lot most of us um since we got shut down have just decided to do online school yeah but I think I could speak for mostly everyone that's doing it like online school sucks like <laughs> you'd okay. much rather be in school and 
um, that's way more productive. You don't really have as much motivation when you're just sitting at home and trying to do stuff online. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'd probably say that just online school and trying to just, you know, stay away from, um, risk places or parties or big crowds, anything like that. And, um, you know, cause we don't want to get shut down as a team. Yeah. Cause I think if you get three, if you get three cases on a team, your whole team has to shut down. And right now we're in the playoffs, so that will count as a forfeit. So that's something that we're really aware of. And, um, you know, each kid on the team kind of has a responsibility to just, you know, do their part and kind of just trying to, you know, stay away from it as much as they can. Yeah, and last week wasn't a team locally. Didn't they get COVID and now they're out? Yeah, so I think that's happened with a couple of schools. It started with Fremont. Okay. Um, they were going in. I think they were supposed – I can't remember who they were supposed to play, but they had, like, three kids on their team who got it, and they got shut down. Um, and then Kearns, they were supposed to have the first round bye, and they're, you know, supposedly going to have maybe a good run for the state playoff and um, maybe go deep into it. But I think they had a couple of sophomores on their team who got it. And then there were some things flying around, like they might ha- they might be able to come back and play, but ultimately um, uh, they shut them down. So that's that's unfortunate because you hate to see you know seniors not really being able to finish out their year. But yeah, and your role as a quarterback, do you feel like that's one of the most important roles when it comes to recruiting, um, college wise? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, most, most schools would say now with how the offense is being played, it's more spread out. So the quarterback is the focal point and that's kind of like, you know, that's the guy who kind of runs the show a little bit. So they're always, the colleges are for sure trying to um, get the dude that fits their program the best and can help them succeed to, you know, hopefully take them as far as they can. And each school is trying to look for the, their guy to lead them to a national championship and the conference championship and that stuff. So I think that a quarterback's like a, a, a big position. Yeah. That's also like one of the hardest roles because you have to be smart. With everything. Um, and then I guess just one more question is with, um, I guess, recruiting and COVID, do you think there's some pros to us living in like a virtual world right now? Has it been a lot easier to just be on zoom and not traveling? Does it allow you to talk to more people in a shorter amount of time? Yeah, I would maybe say that some pros are with some schools not being able to start. And then previously they weren't even able to practice. So coaches had more time. So I guess you're able to make like, a better relationship with them because you would talk a lot more with them because they had more time and, and you had more time. So you were able to make a better virtual relationship with yeah. the coaches. So I think that that's maybe been a pro kind of just being able to get to know the coaches and, you know, how they act. Of course, it's a lot easier to kind of read somebody when you're in person, but I think that's for sure a pro. And then they're trying to do all that they can to really just give you the best feel of what they, you know, what they have to offer at their school and kind of what yeah. makes them better than somebody else. So they, you know, they've been working really hard to kind of just try to set their program apart from another. And do you feel like colleges right now with recruiting are going kind of above and beyond since they can't give you that experience like in person on campus? 
they're mm -hmm. doing extra virtually? Yeah, so a lot of schools right now will do what they call like their virtual tour. Um, and I'm sure it takes them a really long time to make it because it's, it's, they're all pretty sweet. So they'll like, they'll give you a lot of like drone footage of kind of just flying all around the campus. Oh, cool. And then um, show them all their like academic centers and different buildings, um, show you classrooms. They'll show you like what your dorms will look like. Um, and then they'll take you around all of their um, athletic facilities. Um, and then they'll even show you just like things that you can do when you're not playing football or just chilling with your friends. Um, kind of some things that you can do to keep yourself busy when you're not really playing football. Yeah, so that's, that's going to make it a cool experience for you since right. you can't be there. Okay, mm -hmm. interesting. Well, that's pretty much all my questions. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, for sure. And we wish you the best of luck with um, the rest of your recruiting. And I know that you have, you're leaning one way, but um, that's exciting. So congrats. Best of luck to you. I want to extend my thanks to Jackson for taking the time to explain what the recruiting process has looked like for him, as well as a big thank you to Chloe for her work in putting that interview together for us. Now we will transition to Leif Tulin, who has a story for all of you to help explain the University of Utah recruiting process. Welcome to the U of U COVID Sports Report. I'm Leif Tulin. I'll take you through how COVID-19 has changed the game, both literally and figuratively for the University of Utah Athletics. With the football season right around the corner for the Utes, I wanted to touch base with those who know you football the best. I reached out to the assistant news director at KSL, an award-winning sports journalist who covers the Utes and Josh Furlong, as well as Utah Utes fanatic and must member Anish Singh to analyze how COVID-19 has and will continue to impact Utah football. How has COVID-19 impacted the football team's training methods and, and how, how evident do you think those differences in the structure of practice will be on the field on Saturday against Arizona? Well, I think it's, it's made it a lot more uh, structured. Not that they weren't structured before. Utah's very, um, it's known, I guess you could say, for its structure. Uh, so just adding the COVID protections and everything that way uh, just gives one more thing that they have to do. Um, from, from all accounts, talking to all the players and all the you know, coaches, it, it seems like they've gotten into a nice rhythm. Uh, they know what they're doing. It's not anything that's going to be kind of uh, out of the usual. And so it's, it's something that, that's just part of their regular life as if they were just preparing for football in a normal way. So I don't see it being too much of a distraction or anything that way. Um, I think you'll, you'll obviously see uh, some differences in the stadium in the sense that they're going to be spread out a little bit more. There's obviously not going to be fans, except for maybe a handful of like family members or different things that way. But um, for the most part, it, it's not really going to impact them in a way that is probably going to be as, be as noticeable as, as many would expect. That you have to take certain protocols, just like every other school has. But I think they're succeeding in a way that they haven't affected their training in, uh, in a manner that they can separate their groups more. Into, into smaller groups in practice. So you have the disadvantage of where your lifting and your conditioning has to be done in smaller groups. You can't do it as an entire team effort, but you still are all practicing together and getting uh, the same reps and stuff that you were getting before. So I think it doesn't have a great impact on the training as long as you're following all the protocols, which the youth seems like they're doing. 
Both Furlong and Singh believed the team wouldn't be overly impacted as they had the time to lift and practice, even if in smaller groups. And they each made the point that all the teams that you would face this season will have had the same protocols and policies to follow, so it isn't fighting an uphill battle unique to themselves. Though they weren't fighting an uphill battle in terms of football training, the youths were forced into a tough decision due to COVID-19 and how drastically it impacted the youth's athletic department due to lost revenue. I asked Josh Furlong, due to his unique perspective of covering the youths, what he made of the decision that was made. University of Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan ended up making the tough decision that his, that his entire department, including himself, were subject to staggering furloughs throughout 2020, ranging in length to help counter revenue losses caused by the coronavirus pandemic. What did you make of this decision, and what were some of the unforeseen effects of this decision on the University of Utah athletic teams? You know, I think, you know, from, from a standpoint of an athletic department, I mean, it's nice that every single person on the department did it. It's, it's something that brings a unity uh, something that shows that, you know, this isn't just something for, you know, lower level staffers or people that way. Um, however, with that being said, you know, several people were laid off um, with, you know, depending on who they were, maybe a promise to come back someday. Um, but there was no guarantee of that. And I know there's a few people that ended up just walking away entirely. Um, and so it's hard. It's, it's hard for a department that has been running smoothly for so long to be able to have to let people go and to kind of uh, tighten the reins, so to speak, in, in terms of how they, they're able to um, do their, their uh, game day operations. There's a lot of different things that go on for a lot of these uh, members of the, the athletic department that probably the, the casual fan wouldn't, wouldn't see. There's a lot of preparations and a lot of different things that way. So um, it, it's, it's nice for them that they were able to at least have that, that unison, uni, uniformity, I guess I should say, and, and being able to know that it comes all the way from Kyle Whittingham down to, you know, the, the early person that, or the last person that came and was hired on. So it, it sucks for everybody and it's not an ideal situation, but um, that's kind of the nature of 2020 right now with the, with the pandemic. Furlong explained that the athletic department furlough was a tough decision, but it seemed the most egalitarian manner of dealing with tough times that stemmed from the COVID-19 pandemic that impacts so many people. He brings up a great point that there is more to the athletic department than just Mark Harlan, Kyle Winningham, or Larry Kristobiak who make the big bucks. But this manner of a staggered furlough allows for more people who work for the department, even if less recognizable, to retain their jobs. And for the fans, this decision allows for some more sporting programs to still exist, whereas other schools cut the existing programs. Anishad, he found the furlough to be an honorable approach taken to combat the, the very difficult situations. Speaking of difficult situations, I wanted to find out if any good had come from the arduous summer of work that went on, with, even with so much uncertainty. Were there any silver linings or blessing in disguise that came from the extra time from the, from the pandemic that provided the youth's football team extra opportunities or, or anything more than just the sake of time? I think strength and conditioning is huge. They've been in the weight room for much longer now. And also um, being able to perfect your offensive plays is a big thing, especially with a new quarterback in the helm and a almost a completely new defense. So I think Strength and conditioning is the biggest thing and also getting more reps for your offense and defense. I guess because obviously there's a lot of losses in, in the coronavirus and everything that happened. Were there any silver linings or blessing in disguise that came from the extra time of the global pandemic that provided the youths, you know, uh, for the football team or basketball team or any of the teams like uh, 
were there any silver linings that that came from the extra time that the pandemic provided that you know of? Um, I think it's it's exactly what you said. It's just that extra time. Um, in in some ways, it it didn't help because you know that that is a long time. You're going against yourself. You're you're not really getting to evaluate yourself against uh, a program. Um, from from the football side, I mean that helped them a lot, especially as they were trying to uh, get a lot of these new freshmen and, and maybe even some of these sophomores a little more acclimated to the program, get into the playbooks a little bit more and kind of see. And in, and in some ways, like they were able to actually watch college football. A lot of these players, they they might watch it on their off moment after a game or something like that. But for the most part, they don't get to see college football happen. So. It, it's nice for them to be able to kind of get an understanding of what's going on in the country and kind of evaluating themselves uh, against the competition. In, in other, in other um, athletic programs, you know, it's different. Obviously, each, each program has a difference in, in terms of, of roster makeup and different things that way. Um, there's a lot of uh, benefits there where you can just study more film. And that, that sounds like it, it's, it's kind of boring and, and doesn't help, but I mean, I think that there's a lot of benefits to be able to have a coach that can just sit with you a little bit longer and, and study film and do that. And obviously the application has to work on the field or on the court or wherever you're playing. Um, but I think the silver lining is just simply that you have a little bit more time, even though, you know, there was no real promise that, that any type of season would take place. Anish Singh was a football player and emphasize the importance of strength and conditioning. It can only be more important with the time off from play being extended and less game situation reps under the belts of players. Keeping it on the football field, a huge part of team success is finding the right players, and Coach Whittingham and his staff do that very well. With COVID-19 disabling recruits from visiting campuses, I wondered how COVID-19 impacted recruiting for the Utes, if at all, because they still continue to get results in the form of commitments from high targets. How in your eyes does COVID-19 impact the recruiting process for these, especially with the updated eligibility rules and, and the finance issues that coronavirus presented? Uh, the biggest impact that it has on, or on the recruiting front is that, you know, these coaches aren't able to go out and talk to these guys the same way. Uh, they can still make contact and they can still have Zoom meetings or different things that way. But you can't also give these players uh, a feel for what the athletic experience is like at Utah. And, and that's big, you know, I mean, Utah prides itself on being a family-centered program and being able to, to welcome a lot of these, these guys in and, and, and allow them to feel that, that uh, unity as a family. Um, so when you're just doing it over Zoom, there's, there's not really much you can get out of that. I mean, you, you know, these guys are good at what they do and they obviously uh, have an ability to be able to recruit and, and it's gonna be the same experience for anybody, right? Like USC is gonna have the exact same experience as Utah. And so there's, there's not a lot that anybody can do, but I think uh, one of the big selling factors for Utah is that family-oriented environment and getting people into the state where some of these kids may not even really know where Utah exists, right? I mean, I think that's, that's a tough challenge. And so you want to get them here. You want them to see what it's like. You want to see the beautiful mountains. You want to see you know, different things that way that, that kind of entice them uh, without feeling like you're just going on a Zoom call. But um, other than that, I mean, everybody else is in the same boat. You know, the eligibility requirements are what they are, and the NCAA will have to work that through. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's an equal plane. It's just a matter of, of trying to sell somebody on a program where you have to show it on a TV, essentially, instead of being up there in person. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know if there are any monetary restrictions on, on 
because I know they're not allowed to travel, uh, bring out recruits right now, but are there any monetary restrictions that the, the furloughs or anything inhibits them from doing? Um, not, not to my knowledge. I mean, other than just, you know, various staffers that have had to be on furlough. I know the football department specifically, they've, you know, they had to delay some of their guys or, or move it up a little bit so they could get it done. But for the most part, to my knowledge, uh, I don't know of, of COVID really having an impact on that aspect of, of recruiting other than just not being able to travel. Awesome. Thank you. And then the last question is, the youths have been making some splashes recruiting-wise recently. Do you think there is more to come soon? And what makes Utah appealing for recruits during a pandemic specifically? Yeah, absolutely. Utah, you know, kind of waits in the balance and tries to get these guys. A lot of people will look at um, maybe their star rankings or, or where they're rated compared to other uh, programs around the country. And they kind of worry, right? Like that Utah kind of sells a little bit late. Um, but in reality, Utah kind of gets in early and, and really tries to, to kind of be the, the ones that, that lead the way. And so they, they kind of bring them back to the roots and talk to them that way. Um, in terms of uh, the, the actual recruiting aspects of that, you know, I think everything, everything is, is good for Utah in the sense that they've had a winning culture. Um, they've been able to be back-to-back -back Pac-12 South champions. You know, that says a lot, especially in a program that's only been in a Power 5 uh, program for you know, only 10, plus or 10 or so years. Uh, you also have Kyle Whittingham that has a lot of consistency. You know what you're going to get. You know that it's going to be consistent. And just, you know, this week, they, they signed him to an extra four years. So, you know, you're getting him through 2027 and there's no real desire for him to leave. So, you know, as a recruit, you know, you could look at somewhere like USC, which, you know, the, the, you know, the game day experience there for anybody that's been in the Coliseum is a fantastic experience. There's, there's very few outside maybe SEC country or maybe some of the Big Ten schools that can rival something like that. Um, but but you have consistency. There's always Clay Hilton on the chopping block, or there's always some other high profile name that's always on the chopping block that, you know, win now type mentality. And so at Utah, you have that family mentality that I was talking about earlier, as well as just that consistency. And I think that actually does go a long way for a lot of these players that are putting their trust into a program that they, you know, are, are, are hoping to be there for three, four years. How, in your eyes, does COVID-19 impact the recruiting process for these, especially with the updated eligibility rules allowing for players to be there longer because this season is a wash if they desire it to be? A big thing for incoming freshmen would be, is there someone that's better than me ahead of me at my position, especially with this eligibility thing? If someone's going to stay another year that was already starting in that position, it may influence your decision to go to another school. So that's, I think, the biggest impact. But for in the sense that um, you don't get to come see the campus like as frequently, campus visits and stuff are all virtual. I think we have the technology to show our campus well in that manner. So I don't think it affects it in that way, but with the eligibility rule, I think a lot of new freshmen are gonna look at who's ahead of me at my position when they decide their school. Yeah, for sure. And then along that train of thought, uh, the Utes have been making splashes recruiting-wise recently. Do you think there is more to come soon? And what makes Utah appealing for recruits during a pandemic, especially without being able to see the mountains and, and some of the appeals of Utah specifically? I think it's just the history of the school. Like last year, you had a great, great record, great run um, at the championship and um, at the Pac-12 championship. And I think just the history of how we turn our players into NFL players. I think it's really appealing. Uh, I think we're one of the best schools in all of college football turning uh, players into 
top prospects in the NFL. I think that's really appealing to top uh, recruits. Clearly, the Utes emphasize the family culture Furlong spoke of and construct an interesting pitch of, we can send you to the pros, but we will take care of you and you don't have to be an immediate contributor. We want you to grow as a player and as a person. Utah has a great track record of churning out pros, especially defensively. And Utah appeals to the recruits of all rankings as they have prototypes to follow for all paths, such as the lightly recruited Julian Blackman, who became the All-Pac-12 three years in a row and is killing it for the Colts in the NFL now. Or his pal Jalen Johnson, who is heavily recruited out of California and left a year early and is balling for the Bears. The Utes have a great pitch and should do great in recruiting regardless of the ability of in-person visit or allow kids to see the beautiful mountains. Clearly COVID-19 changes approaches and the preparation on and off the football field impacts tons of people involved with the athletics program. I hope you enjoyed the insights from KSL's Josh Furlong and Must member Anish Singh and their contributions to U of U COVID Sports Report. I'm Leif Tulin. And I'm now joined back with, with Leaf Tulin, and we want to give a special thank you to Josh and Anish for, for taking the time to sit down and, and interview with Leaf and, and let, it, let him compile that, that little story for us. It was, it was very well done. Um, moving on to, to – this is going to be a little bit of a different group discussion. It's just going to be Leaf and I this week to, to break down some of what, what we've heard about the recruiting aspect of things. Um, let's, let's take it in the perspective of Utah this season and their recruiting class moving forward. Do we have any hard numbers to, to offer anyone about the recruiting class so far of, of 2021 for the Utes? Yeah, so far the Utes have done well in the recruiting field. They're 34th in the nation, 5th in the Pac-12 um, in terms of recruiting class numbers, which is done by a star system, um, typically with like four and five stars being uh, carrying the most weight. Uh, Utah just got one of their highest recruits in their history named even Ethan Calvert, a linebacker from California, kind of poached out of Southern California recruiting territory. And um, Utah has 16 hard commits already, and it's early in the period. So they're doing, they're doing as well as they have in, in past years, if not better. Absolutely. It's, it's looking good so far for the Utes. Faith in the Pac-12 is, is something that's, that's, that's good to build upon. Um, can, we, can we touch a little bit about what Josh talked about and how the U kind of goes about their recruiting process? What did you kind of take with, with what he said and, and what this class looks like so far for 2021? Does it kind of follow the standard? Does it, does it exceed that standard? What, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And um, Josh from KSL was talking about how, how Utah's main pitch is, hey, we can get you to the pros. And they have such a good track record, especially with last season's recruits. They had nine players go pro from the defensive side of the ball alone. Um, and so they use that as a pitch. But then their biggest thing is, hey, we're a family culture. Kyle Whittingham's been there for a long time. He's the longest tenured coach in the Pac-12 and the third longest tenured coach in all of college football. And he just got another extension. So he, he says, hey, I'll be here. I'm going to grow you and, and we're going to, we're going to grow as a team. And it's not like immediate, immediately thrust into the fire, like some programs offer. And we're going to, we're going to make you a better player and a better person here. And I think through COVID uh, that's really important because you want like a lot of parents of these recruits want their kids taken care of. And, and he proves like, Hey, we, we can do that. We can give you a good environment to, to grow in both on the football field as, and as a person. And I think that's really important right now when they can't see the campuses or aren't as swayed by gear from like Oregon, for instance, which has just tons of Nike. Um, and so I think, I think Utah's 
thriving in this era because they don't have to say, Hey, look at our equipment. This is this, they say, this is our track record. Do we, do, do we want to play devil's advocate on that for a little bit and touch on how the U is handling their COVID situation right now with in their football program? Um, for those of you that do not know they they have yet to play a football game this season, the university of football, university of Utah, excuse me, football team. They've had their first two games canceled due to COVID issues in their program. As of right now, we have numbers saying that there are still 17 positive cases in the program and 11 either players or staff that are in isolation or quarantine due to due to the like an exposure to one of these people and, and the contact tracing protocols. So with all that being said, do you think that that sort of has anything to do with what you just touched on of like these players are in safe hands? Because as of when this story broke, it broke the Friday before they were supposed to play a game. And then they said they couldn't match scholarship minimums in the Pac-12 for 53 players. So, so it seems like a very mis, mishandled situation. Do you think that'll impact the recruiting process moving forward at all? Well, it's, it's funny because I interviewed Josh and Anish right before that football game. So as, as we were uh, told, everything was uh, A-OK and everything was swell um, online to play Arizona two Saturdays ago. And, and since then, we've had all these positive cases. But I don't know if that impacts recruiting necessarily because I think the optimism is saying that COVID-19 should end before next season, which is when these recruits would come in. And I don't think they have a track record, a negative track record of taking care of their players. This is more just that it's on un, like unwritten history. I mean, it's a pandemic that we haven't seen before and it's new for all these teams. And, and I'm sure some of these players are getting recruited by other programs like Wisconsin or Florida um, that have also had uh, tough COVID bouts. And I don't think it necessarily negatively reflects on uh, the Utah program. Um, it doesn't look good right now, obviously, but I don't think it hurts them in recruiting. I think that's, I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair assessment of, of what's happening. For, yeah, as, as you touched on when you talked to, to Josh, he's the sports guy for KSL. Um, like, none of us knew that this was happening. No one in the media market knew that, that the university was struggling. They only All they heard was things are going really well. We have it under control. We haven't had really any issues with COVID. And then, boom, the Friday before they were supposed to play a game, they couldn't meet 50, 53 scholarship players, which, which was very surprising to everyone. And so it was just one of those – it's one of those things to – to look at moving forward and it's this is the U of U COVID sports report so it's a little a little unjust if we don't bring that information to you and and and, and share what's what's going on with with the football program um do we do we have any other further remarks about how the recruiting processes will play out in the rest of the years do you think you'll see any bigger commits to Utah any do you, or do you think they'll stick to stick to kind of the mold of the three three star four star at best um, kind of signees and then develop them into the players that they will be uh, I'm I'm curious to see I don't know for certain uh, I've I've got the the list here of players they've got the number 80 player in the country as I mentioned and he's the third ranked linebacker in the country which is which is really important because linebacker hasn't traditionally been Utah strong suit they've been better up like in the defensive line and uh, secondary for their for their recruits such as like Julian Blackman and Jalen Johnson but those two players I just mentioned took horribly different paths to um, to get to where they are. And they both are playing phenomenally in the NFL right now as rookies. Julian Blackman only had a few D1 offers and Utah was his only like power five conference offer. Jalen Johnson just told coach Whittingham upon arrival, Hey, I'm going to be here three years and I'm going to the NFL. And 
So I think that attracts more players for Utah's defense, especially because they can have someone like last season, they recruited Clark Phillips, the third, who was the 51st ranked player. Um, and he, he said, he told coach Whittingham that he wants to follow the Jalen Johnson mold, come from California, play three years and he's gone, going to the NFL. So I think there are, there is hope for higher rated prospects other than the three and four stars that Utah fans have become accustomed to and have been maximized. And that should bode well for the future with more talent and the, the really good coaching from Morgan Scally and Co- coach Whittingham on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think, I think they, Ute fans can be optimistic uh, for, for Ute football whenever they get to see it especially in the coming years recruit with these recruiting classes getting better and better. Absolutely. It's, it's really interesting to, to look at. This is two years, two back-to-back recruiting classes. Now they'll have a top 100 um, rated defensive player sign with, with them. So those, those are improvements upon recruiting classes and classes even before this. So, so it's really cool to see the, this development in this, um, Hopefully it's almost a little bit of a trend for the University of Utah to, to see this talent, to want to come to Salt Lake City, to want to be developed by great coaches and not just turn people who pretty much had no chance of, like you said, of a Julian Blackman who only had one Power 5 offer to, into, into a star in the NFL now who's having a tremendous rookie season as one of the better safeties out of the draft. So, so I, think it's, I think it's very appealing for, for Utah fans. I think it's – I think it's one of those scenarios where it can still go either way a little bit. I think um, like this, I wouldn't necessarily say they're going to compete with Ohio state, Oregon, Alabama, LSU, USC, teams like that to just reel in five-star after five-star. Um, but that's not necess- that's never been the mold of the, of the Utah football program. It's, it's the development process. It's, they do, as they say, it's trust the process of we will get you to where you need to be if you put in the time and the work to, to grow and, and to become a, a part of that family like you touched on. Um, is, there any, is there any aspect of Josh's um, words or, or, or time with us that you want to break down a little bit further or do we think we've covered it well enough? I just think one more thing he mentioned was the way they were training being different because of COVID-19 and and how, how a team is impacted. And so they're playing different units of the ball and we've yet to see it on the football field. So when we, we thought we were going to see it on, uh, on Saturday when I interviewed him, uh, which was supposed to be the day after, then shortly after the interview, the news broke that the game was canceled. So we're still, we're still going to see how the team looks. And it'll be very interesting to see because of, especially with those players that are currently testing positive for COVID-19. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, practices have been ran for these past two weeks if they've been run and for the summer where they were training amid these protocols so I, I think that's something to touch on and and he, he broke it down very nicely for us saying that they had to, to follow these protocols but so did every other team absolutely all right well that's that's Leaf Tulin I'm Scott Stevens for the rest of uh, the UVU COVID sports report it's Chloe Sexton and uh, Zoe Gottlieb is the rest of our team. We will see you all in a, in a few weeks for our final episode that we will bring to you. Thanks so much for tuning in and we, and we hope to see you then. All right, everyone take care.